Welcome to Inconvenient, an international podcast where we talk about what moves or changes the world today. This is Ala and this is Ani. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Inconvenient Podcast. We are so happy that you tuned back in. And we want to mention that in one of our last episodes uh, about how COVID-19 impacts refugees around the world, we talked with Gaius Nashed, and he let us know that he got a lot of positive feedback from his friends on the podcast. So thank you so much once again to all of you who listened to the podcast and gave us the good reviews. Today we will be joined by another amazing guest and it's our good friend um, Garvida Gulati from India. She's an an environmentalist and the founder and CEO of Why Waste. We're going to talk with Garvita about uh, the water shortage crisis and why is it so relevant to talk about it and what we can do fighting this issue. Today, one in nine people lack access to safe water and one in three people lack access to a toilet. Water scarcity is the lack of fresh water resources to meet water demand. It affects every continent and was was listed listed in 2019 by the World Economic Forum as one of the largest global risks in terms of potential impact over the next decade. It is also manifested by partial or no satisfaction of expressed demand, economic competition for water, quantity or quality, disputes between users, irreversible depletion of groundwater and negative impacts on the environment. But the truth is that water connects every aspect of our lives, actually. Absolutely. So we ask ourselves, what are the reasons for this water crisis? And these are the increasing world population, improving life standards, overconsumption and expansion of production of water intensive food, as for example, meat. They are the main driving forces for the rising global demand for water. So nowadays, climate change, uh, such as droughts or floods that we see, uh, for sure you also see deforestation, increased pollution, greenhouse gases emission and wasteful use of water can cause insufficient supply of water to people who need it the most. Access to safe water for people who don't have that um, could empower them with more time for school and work and would contribute to improve health for women, children and families around the world. So our guest Garvida is an expert when it comes to this issue, to this topic, because at age of 15, she founded an international organization with the aim to draw attention to this topic, optimizing water usage, preventing water waste and change structural behavior around water. The organization has reached hundreds of thousands of people across India and BBC World Service called Garvida Greta Thunberg of India. Garvita, we warmly welcome you on the Inconvenient Podcast and we are very excited that you agreed to talk with us here. Thank you so much, Alex and Ani. I'm very excited to... Tell us first, um, what would you like our listeners to know about you? Just a quick (laughs) introduction. I'm I'm 20 years old and I'm a student at um, university. I'm studying engineering and uh, I... 
also run my own non-profit organization called Why Waste, which aims at changing the mindsets of people towards natural resources and specifically water. And our key goal is to try and optimize the usage and prevent the wastage of water by helping people come up with small, very simple ideas to do this. And the key message that we really want to share out there is that you don't need um, huge technological solutions or big ideas to make a difference. You know, it's the smallest of the smallest things that can really make the biggest of impacts. And it really, really needs each and every one of us to join hands and come together to really make this difference. And that's really the message that we're trying to spread with YWAVES. I think it's really lovely to see the kind of support that we've gained. It was definitely difficult in the beginning, um, but you know, now it's now it's getting really fun and one of our very key initiatives is the glass half full movement where we encourage restaurants to fill the glasses only half instead of filling it full. So almost five years ago, I learned that 14 million liters of water gets wasted simply in the water that we leave behind in glasses at restaurants. And that was a real shocker for me. And I wanted to change that number and that's what led to the inception of Why Waste. Um, so Glass Half Full being one of our key initiatives has really, really helped change the way people look at water. They really question it, you know, do I need this much? Do I need to consume so much water? What if I take lesser? Will it be enough for me? Of course it will. You can work and take just as much as you need and prevent so, so much waste much of wasted in the process and beyond this you know we've come up with a lot of modules which are available freely on our website and we've come we work on so many different initiatives to really help propagate this message of water conservation with all different parts of the society and beyond that i've also lent my voice to a lot of youth-led movements and um, sit on a on the board of a couple of organizations like the State of Youth and the Change Making Center at the University of San Diego. Um, so pretty exciting work there as well. Um, beyond that, I have also created uh, an, another initiative of mine called Lead Young at Schools, where we really try to propagate the message of change making, empathy, teamwork, two stories of young change makers from around the world. And the idea is to kind of motivate and inspire more and more young people to become change makers. Also really good uh, for our listeners to know how we met. We met her um, two years ago, right? It's the same, the same event. Uh, if you listen to our first episode, you know that me and Annie, we met at a Global Changemakers Youth Summit in 2018. That's where we also met Garvita and uh, we stayed in touch throughout those years, also following her and seeing what she does. So we are really happy that we could reconnect again using the uh, possibility that we all have a bit, maybe more time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Before we, we dive into the topic of like water shortage crisis and what every, everybody of us um, can do against this crisis, we also wanted, because we're wondering, uh, we're here in Europe, we wanted to ask you, how is the situation in India with the COVID-19 pandemic? So that's, uh, I think that's something very great uh, to discuss. And Ani, it's, I think it's really great to see uh, that um, the, the impact uh, of the lockdown has been pretty good in India in, in the sense of, you know, kind of curbing the spread of the disease. I think our prime minister took a decision very, very early on to, you know, 
go into lockdown and i think it has definitely helped us keep our numbers low if i'm not wrong uh, so they've they're around 14000 and um i think that is for a country with a population of 1.3 billion i think it is a quite quite a good ratio for us everyone is trying to stay as safe as possible yes you know there are some hiccups and some problems here and there but but i i'm really glad to see how everyone is actually coming together here uh, you know trying to be positive spread positive news and at the same time stay safe at home i think we've taken some very timely decisions and that's been good uh, though testing has not been as extensive as you know it should be uh, but it slowly is happening uh but you know touch wood the numbers have still not um hiked up as much i, I don't know i don't want to say it's not too bad because it is bad mm. um you know the situation is definitely really bad and all of us are stuck at home but we are trying to do our best to make sure that it does not get as worse as it possibly could so we were also wondering what do you think has the covid-19 pandemic uh, because you're also like an environmentalist so how does it like impact the climate crisis because we hear about like news that the popula- uh, the pollution is decreasing um that also like here like less people are taking the plane uh, yeah because you can't travel <laughs> does it mean like a change in our how we look at the climate crisis that we take more action or what do you think about that i think this is a really wonderful uh, thought as well so you know when it comes to what the crisis has i would say it's it's in a way helped the environment really rejuvenate you know uh, that, that break that we all need sometimes that that's kind of what i see it like but but i'm also very scared that you know once things get back to normal uh, the environment is going to go back to being deteriorated but it is also very interesting to notice how quickly the environment rejuvenated itself um you know how the planet has rejuvenated like our mother earth has rejuvenated herself um in such a short period of time so i think there's definitely a lot to learn from that and i mean i personally read news every day of some new lake being discovered now because there suddenly you know there isn't as much human activity to disturb it air is much cleaner uh, people are breathing better breathing better and you know given that coronavirus is a lung related disease that is something important we need to clean air and you know beyond that it is definitely wonderful to see how the environment has uh, come back and i wouldn't say come back completely but has really improved <laughs> uh but what really is worrisome in in a way is how it might all go back and what we all need to do as citizens of this world is to make sure that we try our best that it does not completely revert uh you know really take advantage of the situation um when when you have it and, and this is a really silly analogy but you know when you fall sick and you tend to like lose a lot of weight um and you really needed it you want to make sure that when you get back to normal you really don't gain back all the way super fast because oh. it's so hard to lose weight mm-hmm. <laughs> the really really I love um, that one <laughs> the really trivial analogy but i think it it's very fitting here really worries me in some ways is that we might not continue to protect the environment uh, or you know it might start to deteriorate again because of the ways that you know because we might go back to living our usual ways um so i think it's very important for us to think of different solutions and come up with 
small small ideas where we can really continue to make sure that this this change continues to stay and uh, one of the ideas that i had was you know why don't we really make sure that we work from home maybe 3 days a week and go to the office only 2 to 2 days a week uh, based on the requirements etc that way we can also ensure that we have our communication the meetings that need to happen in person happen and so for businesses that can really afford to do things like this they probably should and similarly educational institutes i mean you don't really need to go to school every day and i'm sure kids would be very happy to hear that <laughs> and another really wonderful thing uh, that i think this whole crisis has done um one of them for the environment nothing else <laughs> nothing else has been wonderful about it mm. uh, but i think uh, something something very interesting that i have noticed is that a lot of my friends who didn't believe in climate change before actually now have because they've seen the change in front of their eyes and they've really been able to be a part of it they suddenly believe that there is a difference between what the earth can be like and what we had made it and um, a very simple example is because i live in bangalore in india we are one of the most uh, i think we are the most traffic dense city in the world so what we really hear all the time is just honking and noise of cars and um now you know a couple of my friends who really want to believe us of climate change i keep listening to some sounds of birds and the wind and the rain and all of a sudden they're like oh my god climate change is real and i was like tube light but and it's lovely to see how they really want to do something now to ensure that it continues um so i think there are some positives to take back um and let's all try and learn as much as we possibly can and ensure that we continue to protect the environment speaking about that uh while we talk about environment and water shortage at the beginning of the podcast we talk a little bit about the reasons for the water shortage in general the how we save water or how we don't save water basically right water is really strongly connected to hygiene and right now while we have uh, the covid-19 crisis we talk so much about keeping the proper hygiene so we say just wash your hands right and keep the keep the hygiene but for for many people in the world um in one of our last episodes we talked about for example people in refugee camps and what it means for them this crisis basically most of them they don't have access to running water so as many other people in the world this is really bad because also because of that they cannot be protected against covid-19 uh we already know that the water goes very often to places that not necessarily it should go instead of going to people who really need that and we wanted to ask you a little bit more on your perspective what are the main reasons for water shortage and what are the main reasons for the fact that for example finding ourselves right now in 21st century and still people who don't have access to running water and they don't have this water and they can't keep the proper hygiene during this crisis like this which can cost their lives basically what are the reasons in your perspective for for this water crisis it is so so disheartening to see how uh, the social divide that exists in our society trickles in practically everywhere and it has during this crisis as well um you know before we actually 
kind of get to the COVID bit, I want to recollect something that happened at GYS, at the Global Youth Summit, when we were all together two years ago. Um, I did this session on how to save 100 liters of water every day, where every person on their own at home, by just changing their very simple habits, can save more than 100 liters of water. And uh, I, I had a pretty, pretty nice full table, and it was really great experience but I think something that I picked up very important from there uh, was there was um, I'm not able to remember the names exactly I think it was uh, Louisa and there was there was Kaylee from South Africa I think there was someone who come with Kaylee and she was there so we really had one person from Switzerland and one person from South Africa what we did was all of us sat down together and calculated the amount of water both of them are consuming on a daily basis. Let's say from South Africa, it's person A, and from Switzerland, it's person B. Person A could actually calculate to the T how much water they use because they get only a limited amount of water to use. Whereas person B from Switzerland didn't even know how much water they're consuming because it's unlimited and it's freely available. So really, that itself is the beginning of seeing how differently, uh, you know, we are. And when I started that session, I asked everyone to calculate the amount of water they consume. Uh, one definitely, one of the key reasons why this divide occurs is because of because of geography. So you know where you live, uh, how much water resources do you really have available? Obviously, a place like Europe, which is abundant in uh, its natural resources, or the U.S. Um, would have a lot more water as compared to countries closer to the equator. One, definitely because of the heat, we already have lesser water. And then when it comes to the population, there are so many people who need uh, the resource that uh, we you know, tend to really run out of it much faster. So that's one of the big reasons. And the next thing is overexploitation by, by people who are privileged to consume this water. So, you know, when you have, and even in countries like India and South Africa, where there is so much lack of this resource, there are still people who use this, uh, use water, like it doesn't matter, like as if it's available in abundance, you know, you leave the shower on for a couple of minutes while you're trying to put your clothes together, waiting for the water to become hot. And you don't realize that you just took away a week's worth of water of one of the families that probably lives very close to your house. It is so, so disheartening to see that people don't realize how they're wasting this water. And because of this unequal divide of resources, people who really can afford it are the ones who end up having it. And that's exactly how it's going to happen in the future too. Um, and something that I, I, you know, because I've been working with water for almost five years now, something very interesting that I discovered was water is not a resource that as a planet we can really run out of because currently we're consuming only 3% of all of the water resources that exist. So there is still that 97%. There's a lot of water there for us. But all of this is in the form of salt water and it can only be consumed uh, once you desalinate it. And to desalinate, obviously, it's going to be super expensive and only those who can afford it again can use it. You know, coming back to farmers um, in agriculture, etc., they are really the ones suffering because they, they are, they, I think they work the hardest and they do the most important job ever, which is putting food, food on our plates, which is what really sustains life. And they are so, so undervalued. And when again, it comes to water resources for them, 
they run out of it so fast. Statistic, in India, we have 22 million bore wells as compared to just 2 million in China and 1 million, 1 million in the US. And the bore wells in India are almost over already. Um, so, you know, you can already see the kind of difference that there exists between developing and developed countries as well. Um, and when it comes to a crisis like COVID, where everyone's using water so extensively and it's pretty much what you need for survival this kind of divide becomes even you know it's highlighted even more so really it is important for people like us to ensure that just because of the way the systems are created if the water comes to our house first and then it goes to the people who probably don't have as much access as we do as as much as you know we overuse and overconsume, we're actually stealing water from them so it's very important for us to remember that it's a shared resource and it's not something that just people who have the money and can afford it should use. I think in this case, it's also really important to mention there is also a huge, huge uh, reason for water shortage because of, for example, meat production and that's which oh, wastes yeah. a lot of water every every year. I was actually in uh, last year in Germany. The exhibition that I visited in Berlin was about fashion. And then I saw like a lot of information about how much also water is wasted in fashion industry. Uh, for example, just to get our jeans, a lot of other clothes that we uh, use and we very often also overconsume on this. So there's a huge yeah. overconsumption and we buy a lot of that. These are like really huge also corporations standing by the fact that, that we waste so much water for the things that we usually don't need. And this water goes to producing our genes or producing our meats instead mm -hmm. of going to the people who needed to wash their hands right now. So I, I just wanted to put that on. I, I don't know if you agree with me on, on that point. Yes, no, absolutely. And the concept that you're talking about is called virtual water, where you basically try to say that everything, and this is not something you're trying to say, but it's something that actually is there, that every single object around us has a water price on it. So for example, how everything that you know you buy costs a particular amount, everything also has a water price let's go to the examples that you shared you know a pair of jeans actually take 2000 liters to manufacture liters of water obviously and when it comes to your car that takes almost 30000 liters of water to manufacture so so i think the growing consumerism is what is leading to this other different and new tangent of water really being consumed and when it comes to meat production so a simple hamburger that you would eat in one meal is almost 600 to 800 liters of water so all of all, everything has something called hidden water or a water price which which is something obviously we can't see but the process of creating it consumes so so much water and it's ridiculously high like what what is 30,000 liters of water or you know you're consuming 600 liters of water in just one meal and you have three meals a day for 365 days a year for how many ever 80, 1900 <laughs> years that you live for. So can you just imagine the amount of water you've consumed? And that really puts to perspective that maybe the amount of water that you're actually using for your normal daily chores is so, so much less. So the reason behind this existing really is consumerism. 
and uh, that i think again is the key to a lot of environmental problems not just water consumption i was wondering because you know climate change is also is the main topic that i'm like political active on and difficult to raise um awareness for this topic and also oh, yeah. like when i did the research on the water shortage crisis i i think it's not a topic that in in europe they we're talking about a lot even though as we already said like more privileged countries are using or yeah using more um or consuming more water so i was wondering how do you think what how can we change that and what is your impression on how much attention this topic gets from all over the world so you know specifically with the water crisis it is something that is very region specific you know like i mentioned mm -hmm. places like us and europe haven't really seen what water shortage means because mm -hmm. they have an abundance of resources and not that high populations Mm -hmm. but um we don't realize that there is still so much of water that is being consumed because of again all of this virtual water and consumerism which which really comes from the goods that we use and which is abundantly sold in these countries and additionally all of all of this all of these goods that are sold are coming from places like you know india china africa where the water is getting consumed so indirectly the consumption exists and educating people about this is so difficult one and and you know i completely agree with you educating people about any kind of environmental issue is so difficult because it's something that they cannot personally empathize with and not to like demean any other uh, issue i think everything is equally important it just becomes so difficult to get anyone to feel empathy for the environment is because it's not something that's directly impacting them or could directly impact them the the sense of human you know something that's affecting a human being does not is not there at all and that's why people find it very hard to relate and that's why i tremendously respect climate activists because it's so difficult to you know develop that empathy for the environment Yeah. We were also wondering like mm -hmm. are, do you feel comfortable or do you want to share something as like your experience as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur in India as a female entrepreneur what is your experience on that Let me start from home at home I don't think I've seen any differences I've been very lucky to have parents who have supported what I've done uh, I honestly see absolutely no differences between me and my younger brother you know we both are given the exact same opportunities and we both are I I've never felt that there could be any kind of difference but unfortunately uh, that isn't the case with many people in our country when it comes to uh, gender equality as probably an entrepreneur i've been working on a lot of projects recently which link and tie to mass entrepreneurship which is really these small entrepreneurs who are who are you know building businesses with five plus employees maybe and it is very kind of sad to see that how this the type of uh, entrepreneurship roles that women can take on are very stereotyped you know it's like oh women okay she probably open a or like something related to cooking so so that feels very uh, stereotypical even now that you know we can't why can't we think of a woman opening up a fintech startup of course there are women who have some kind of opportunities and education and liberal parents who who might not really see that as any anything different but the way the world or the people around us still perceive it is it's slightly different and um it is slightly limited in opportunity but i i i can't deny i think at the moment especially being 20 years old and a social entrepreneur 
I think we are all youth entrepreneurs and uh, it, it has it has been a very very exciting journey for me I I'm, I I know that there have been some instances where it has the, the the boy and girl issue has come up but it was probably too mild or I was just uh, I did not care enough to take it in mind or you know uh, worry about it much uh, I think it's just something that I see as we need to fight us i fight ourselves and you know come out victorious and we are i think we definitely are things are changing i think that's a amazing ending word going to link all of your like how you can find like how the audience can find you on instagram and also how they can um, check out why waste in the description and also on our instagram At the end of this podcast, we, of course, have a question for you, our listeners. And this is, in which ways the water could be saved more in the place that you live in, taking into consideration both individual and systemic level? We're looking forward to hear your answer. You can uh, write us uh, to our email, which is inconvenientallowers.com, or you can also text us on Instagram under inconvenient, at podca uh, inconvenient podcast. <laughs> So yeah, have a nice week and hear you next time. Hear you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>